I just want to say that, like, uh, if we can, we, I'm def, I'm totally fine if you want to hard pivot back into something else. But I think I want to make it sort of. Uh, no, no, I want to go right that, here. Like, in the mining space, like rare earth metals and all of those things, like all of them are like more or less responsibly mined, except for cobalt. And so cobalt is uh. probably the most problematic one because the vast majority of it is found in the Dominican, the Republic of Congo, DRC, the Republic of Congo. Uh, and so uh, there's a lot of like uh, child labor and like issues that sort of go along with that. And so the idea of sort of creating a recycling economy in the U.S. makes a ton of sense because you only have to get it out of the ground once. And then you sort of create kind of that opportunity. But there's a lot of steps in the value chain in like building up a battery that um, are challenging. And a vast majority wow. of it is over in China. Um, and in, in your role, you're you're finding your way back <laughs> east a lot, right? Like, That's right. And, yes. Uh, like, how is that? Like, I don't know what my question is, but like, I've not ever been, I've not ever been to sort of the far East. Um, I've had the opportunity to travel lots of different sort of, uh, kind of parts of the world, but like, I just love to like get your perspective from having grown up there mm -hmm. and like those distant pre 13 memories to like subsequent visits. And like, what are some of the things that you like enjoy or take away from, or just, mm -hmm. uh, like what's, what is the thing like you look forward to? Like, What's the best part about like being? Yeah, I love to travel. I love the fact that you guys love to travel. Actually, there's a Chinese proverb that says, um, it's great to read 10,000 books, but it's even better to travel 10,000 miles. Wow. And that's actually one of the reasons why I raised my hand to work new markets because I was being the venture team working on US-UK deals. When the new markets job came up, I raised both hands and just jumped with both feet in. Cannonballed. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, definitely. Is there any other way, Brad? <laughs> to Belly flopped. That is the only way. Well, you could. It just hurts a lot more. So I just choose to cannonball. Yes. I get yes. a bigger splash. Belly flop makes it sound like a fail, and that's not the case. This yeah. is a cannonball. I mean, I'm also like too tidy. Of, I'm also too tidy of a human. If I if I belly flop, it doesn't get much <laughs> splash. I only get a good splash out of a good cannonball. <laughs> so um, last year I went to Singapore. We always anchor our trip around a conference. So that was clean tech Singapore. But truly to get to know the ecosystem, you got to meet the people. So we had 19 meetings in four days with local Singaporean venture capital firms. Stop it. That's incredible. Oh, yeah. My meetings were from early morning, late to the evening. Uh -huh. um, and if people like you, they will share deal flow with you. And in Asian cultures, um, you, the best deal flow come from people you know. What you're saying, human relationships should be a priority. I know, surprise, right? <laughs> so strange. And they should be authentic <laughs> and not inauthentic. Wow, so weird. <laughs> yeah, you were I'm totally spot on. Nothing replaces the face-to-face -face connection yeah. that we build. I mean, we can try all day. And I'm not the antithesis of like modernized technologies like Metaverse. I worked in that space for a number of years. I think it's, I think it has a time and place, but I think sometimes we're putting round pegs in square holes. That's right. You can have efficiency, but you're sacrificing something. And there are time and place for that. Yeah. For this podcast, I truly enjoyed looking Scott into the eye, into your <laughs> eyes and you, Brad, sitting next to you. It's incredible that we yeah. get to have this conversation. Yeah. It makes me forget about the mic in front of me because we're building this connection, doesn't it? Well, that's really wonderful to hear because, Scott, what <laughs> do you always <laughs> say? That we want the mic to do what? To disappear. The, there you the go. entire goal. There you go. Of, we know mission <sighs> accomplished. 
every episode mm-hmm. we, so we sort right of now. like wait for the moment it's <laughs> 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 like where it's like kind of becomes clear you've called it out explicitly which is great i don't think that's ever happened before first time but it's okay. uh, yeah boom. it's always boom. yeah boom yeah wave um, <laughs> it to grace <laughs> <laughs> so last year we did that wonderful singaporean trip on the front end Matt bc conference and then a ton of deal flow we're gonna recreate that in thailand this year so we're going may it's future mobility asia future energy asia yeah. I'm lining up uh, meetings with Thai investors now to prepare for my May trip. Um, And I do this because, one, I grew up in China, so Asia is near dear to my heart. And two, Brad, energy transition is happening everywhere. Electrification is happening everywhere. We have to go where the growth is, and that includes Asia. Yeah, you know, that's really cool that you said that, too, because it's a global reality. And I think... If I think about, you know, the roaring 20s of the 1920s and I think about the roaring 20s of the 2020s about like this kind of like idealism around how we start to think differently about the roaring 20s of the 2020s and like what that means for us. And I think part of that is sometimes in like a really abysmal, sad way, the pandemic, which had some beautiful moments, but a lot of tragedy, but also when it comes to energy, right? I think the roaring 20s might be this kind of like perspectivism of an interconnected global society in a shared experience that we haven't had otherwise. Like Scott said it really well one time. He said, you know, there's very few moments in human history where around the globe, we all will share the same experience. Mm. And I was like, whoa, that's really good. That's so true. And technology makes it happen. Yeah. I'm working on Asian deals sitting from Houston. My manager's in London, but we can work because of technology. Yeah. Because if that wasn't there, it wouldn't be possible. That's right. I mean, the pandemic, aside from Teams and Slack and Zoom, would not have been possible. We would not. If it had happened 10 years earlier. We would have. Who knows what would have happened? But like, there's no way we could have functioned. That's right. That's right. I mean, th- those were those subtle heroes of the journey. Brad and I met on a Zoom call. We did. How sweet. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell me about that. That was our first connection. <laughs> the Brad and Scott meet cute of uh, the 2020s. Yeah. I actually want to hear Scott's recount. Which app was it? Zoom? Yeah, we met on Zoom. Zoom? Yeah. Yeah. I, I swiped right. <laughs> Do you swipe right? By the way, I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, I, I don't know I how you swipe. So, yeah. Okay. That's, that's the Because I was pre dating right apps. Yeah. I just right. totally made that up. Yeah, we swiped right. Whew! And then I'm glad uh, I got that. I would hate to say I swiped left and I thought that was the correct way. Like, right <laughs> just makes more sense in my right brain. Right is right. Okay, cool. Right is always right. Yeah. Were you pre dating apps or were you post dating apps? Uh, I met my husband face to face actually at a Houston car club. Oh, that's so cool. I'm a face-to-face person. Okay. But I have used dating app in okay. college. That's cool. Yes. Yeah, see, I was, I mean, Sky and I met 12, 13 years ago now, and we've been married over 11 years. So 2010 dating apps, weren't, if they were a thing, I didn't know about them. Um, I learned about them later on. I'm always fascinated by them. I'm like, It Whoa. wasn't a dating app. It was more like, um, do you remember hotornot.com? You literally put a picture on there. You rank people. I, I'm sorry. That's not even dating yeah, app. Yeah. But I didn't meet people on Okay. There. That's even better. Hotter.com. I do remember. That is so awesome. Yeah. I did not know hotter.com. I definitely probably would have gotten the not a lot. But it's fine. So this is how we use that. Um, that we didn't call it an app. That website. 
So we would, the girls in my room, we would put our pictures on there, try to get a score. If it's nigh or above, we'll put it on Facebook. Then it becomes our Facebook picture. That's hilarious. Oh, so we, we used the scoring system. That's amazing. <laughs> put it through the wash cycle on this website before sort of posting. That's it. right. You got to make sure your Facebook picture is the best one. <laughs> yes. I mean, That's strategy. You know, strategy right there. Gosh, I was thinking about this other day with like technology and social media. I'm not very active on social media to say the least. I find it very stressful. And I was thinking about how, like, what if we just had a medium where we just talked about, like, really honest factors of life instead of always, like, our best moments? What if it was just, like, the reality of every moment? Like, what would that do differently for society? Because there's obviously been a lot of research that comes out now and a lot of data that's come out. And, you know, we've learned that, like, people start to compare themselves to what they see and they see people only in their best light and their happiest moment. And they miss the argument that you had with your spouse 20 minutes before, you know, they miss the moments with your children where maybe you weren't as awesome as you would have liked to have been or with your coworker. And it's like, what if we just had like more authenticity? There's a whole big wave around it. There's women that sort of like, you know, like will post a, you know, a picture, but then they'll post like the, like behind behind the the scenes scenes sort of thing. Oh, that's cool. Cooking, you know, uh, shows that'll show like the mess and the disaster after. Oh, the behind the scenes movement. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's what what it needs to be. Yeah. There's like this kind of whole, like, I I love that. It's like, show us behind the scenes, like, and let me show you behind the scenes. It's been like a real deliberate effort to sort of like. Just honesty. Debunk some of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People kind of like recognize and understand that it's like there's yeah. a, an inauthenticity or no i mean it's so true like and i think it's okay to be like honest about our imperfections and that life isn't always like this super picture perfect reality and that's what makes it picture perfect is that it doesn't always appear that way i think it really affects our mental health a lot mm-hmm. absolutely i follow a few influencers that do behind the scenes it makes me like them better yeah Sky and I were are cleaning, like kind of re-cleaning the house right now. Talk about behind the scenes. Our house is pretty much always like flawless. And right now it is like a bomb went off in the best way of like, I, <laughs> Sky this morning was like, I think I created a bigger mess. I said, no, this is just like a metaphorical lens into the creative process. Because we, we have clothes everywhere. We have stuff everywhere. And one of the things we did was go through some of our photos that we have in our memory box. And like I said, we've been married over 11 years and I had my memory box and then Sky had our memory box. So clearly I was being a little selfish with my memory box. So we went through, quote unquote, my memory box and we started getting rid of some photos that just like my mom had duplicates of or like we didn't need any more. They just weren't super relevant. I just had them to have them. And as I was going through those moments, I kind of like saw like my life in photos and I saw my childhood and I saw myself, you know, in junior high school and in high school and at university and as a young professional and Brad with hair. Brad, I saw a lot of Brad with hair. Yeah. Brad and when did a, you play baseball? When did I play baseball? Yeah. In, in high school. In high school? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, I, I attempted to play in college. You know, I was okay. I wasn't great. I got to do a little bit of stuff, but it wasn't a sustainable path. It's actually a moment where my dad was like, he's, he's a really kind human and he's, he doesn't often like kind of overassert himself. And uh, he was like, I think it might be time to hang up the cleats. I was, I was, at, a, I was at a university tryout or a, at a junior college tryout and I actually got a chance to be on the team. Um, but he was like, you know, might be time to hang up the cleats and focus on your education. You know, you're, you're, you're a good athlete, but you're really smart. And I think it'd be better to focus on your education and your intelligence and lean that direction and put all your effort into that instead of trying to do both because 
you know, you're good, but you're not great. And I'm like, it's true. I mean, it's, it's very true. Like I'm good. I'm not great. <laughs> and so I was like, love that. At the moment it was a little hard to hear, but you appreciated it. So Brit, tying all that together, it was funny. Cause I, I, I kind of reflected and I remember key moments when I was younger that I wasn't fond of. But when I looked back and saw reality in photos, made me realize how beautiful life is and how fortunate I am to have had the journey that I, that I've had and that I have, and hopefully I'll continue to have. And I just like, was like, Whoa, why has my brain told me things that maybe aren't actually true, but that I believe to be true all these years. And when I saw life in photos, it just totally changed my perspective. And tying it together, we were talking about living the moment, right? How yeah. do you know right now isn't the best time of your life? You yeah. should love today. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I love that. There, there's a, so in, live every day like you deliberately came back to it. <laughs> wow. Stoicism. Oh, I love that. that. That gave me chills, that quote. That must be a Chinese proverb. <laughs> it's not, actually. It's a Scott it's, proverb. It's from a Rachel McAdams movie that Even, I'm a big fan of. <laughs> which, which movie? It's called About Time. Yeah, that's a great film. Great movie. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. About the, the men and their family can go back in yeah. time. Mm. Yeah, I remember. The lesson learned is that you live each day like you went back to it deliberately. Wow, that's really beautiful. It the reminds best days me. today. Yeah. <laughs> It reminds me of Stoicism a bit too, kind of blending those two perspectives. And I don't remember which Stoic philosopher it was, but they were talking about how in life we spend 99% of our time focusing on the tragedy that might happen 1% of the time. And I was like, wow, that's so incredibly powerful. Not that everyone experiences that, but I definitely, you know, if I'm being really honest, I have moments like that where like, I'm so over-focused on kind of to your point, the anxiety of the future rather than like the, you know, beauty of the moment and being presence and being present in the present. Um, there's so much power in presence. I'm the opposite, actually. I anticipate the fun stuff in the future, wow. but I actually realize um, I need to be more present right now. Because yeah. if you even just think about it, like the fun stuff in the future, it removes you from the present. Anything that removes you from the present is robbing you of the moment right here. So on other spectrum, worrying about the future, uh, thinking too much about the future, it's still better to be right hmm. here. Like no matter what our thoughts are about the future, focusing on the future as opposed to focusing on the present and not so much on the past. That's is right. maybe not the best place to be. The, the, the past I don't struggle with. I've, I've always hated the term like glory days or like back in my day. Mm. I'm like, I don't know why I've, I've had such a visceral reaction to it, but I always have. I'm like, yo, like enjoy this moment. Like this mm -hmm. is where you are. That's right. Like your glory days, things don't have to be in the past. You're in the present, but the future, I spent a lot of time on the future and I don't know why my brain does tend to go more. I'm a very optimistic human, but my brain will go to like very like dark moments of like, things that I feel like could happen and could go wrong. Mm. I think that's because when I graduated from university, my career experimentation phase was brutal. Mm. And I think that that really stuck with me. It took a long time for me to kind of work through that in, from, a, from a psychological perspective and a lot of meditation, a lot of prayer, a lot of time with God, Christian faith. And so I spent a lot of time kind of just in tune with that reality and just meditating and praying, trying to work through that. But a lot of it came from just like, I mean, there were some tough moments. But everything was, was you went through made you who you are, right? Yeah. You're this beautiful oh, human being yeah. because the struggles you went through. I 100% agree. And I would not be in this moment that I'm in if it wasn't for those key moments. And I truly believe like 
it was kind of God's way of protecting me, even though in the moment it just sucked and it was so hard. Um, I, I, I never doubted it was like the right thing. And that's, what's weird about it. I always knew it's what needed to happen. Every time something crazy would occur. I mean, I got fired, I think three different times, like in my early career, just or laid off as they say, but basically like fired more or less. Um, and like, if that wouldn't have happened, I would not be where I am right now. Every moment kind of led me to the next one, which and is cool. And he wouldn't put you through the task if he didn't think you could handle it. Yeah, for sure. And it was super necessary. And I'm thankful, grateful for it, for sure. It was like, I mean, I, I've, I've never doubted it was the right thing, but the pain's still there, right? Like the pain doesn't always go away, but you know it's the right thing and you know it should happen. And it's like this kind of vulnerability and this kind of conversation that like, it's like we should have more of in society. We should be okay talking about the things that didn't always go perfect. I mean, I remember when we were starting the, our, when, when I was working with, with my buddy that founded the agency, I was really fortunate to kind of build a bit of a brand in the universe. And having grown up in a small town, I was like, a relatively small town, you know, it was very different for me. It was, I was speaking at South by Southwest and I was invited to speak around the country on all these different topics, be on radio, TV, and talk about innovation and creativity and design. And I'm like, I mean, like, I've never, I didn't even know this reality existed, let alone like to be a part of this, this part of the, of society. And, you know, then like the ego comes because it's protecting you because you feel really out of your element. You don't feel like you belong there. And like, I remember people would look at me and they'd be like, wow, like, you know, look at how much you've done. And I'm like, you didn't see me couch surfing and overstayed my welcome at like 30 friends' houses that I that like wanted me to leave because I'd been there for like a month. Like you missed all of that. Like we should talk more about that stuff. We should be more honest about not everything that's right, but like the journey to get there and that it doesn't have to be perfect. It's mm -hmm. like Sky and I's house right now. It's going through the creative process and it's a little messy, but sometimes you got to lean into the messy and be comfortable in it. You know, my theory about pain, I think pain gives us a lot of compassion. Mm -hmm. I think in my younger days, I'm not as the, I'm not the same kind, nice person I am. I got nicer in, later on in wow. my life. It's because the pain I went through, yeah. it made me relate better to people and have a lot more compassion for the pain they are going through. Um, just recently, I went to a, a mentor's wife and then confiding her on some personal problems. She's older, much, much wiser. And then she gave me some really solid advice. And I told her, Joe, what you did for me, I'm going to pass it on one day. Oh. And so the stories that you went through, the struggle you went through, you should share them because it's going to help other people. Wow. See, and I'm, I'm just getting to a point at 39 years of age where I'm starting to get comfortable sharing them. And I tried to brush them under the rug for so long. Here's what's interesting. One of the coolest parts about it, when I graduated from university in 2007, like, what was acceptable in society was to have a career with the same company or with a few companies over the life of your career journey, right? In 2023, it's almost like down upon if you've been with the same organization for an extended period of time. I was talking to Sky about this other day because she's all about like moving and how movement from one organization to another is what accelerates your growth. But in my mind, I, I've realized I still have this orthodoxy where even though I know it's not true, there's this, or this strong, deep-seated orthodoxy that's like, I should be ashamed of the fact that I had all these experiences during my career experimentation phase. I mean, I stacked beer at an Anheuser-Busch distributor. I was a barista at a coffee shop. Like, I worked for a recruiting company for all of one month. I mean, it was like, like just crazy experiences. And like, instead of seeing it as like this beautiful journey, I think because of, I was on the cusp of that transition, 
but I was in the earlier part of that transition. And I don't think I've developed the appreciation amongst myself yet for that like diversity of experiences. And like, I know I need to, but because of like how I was brought up, I'm like, oh no, you're supposed to have like, you know, work for one or two or maybe three companies like your entire time, That's which our is story, so crazy. It? <laughs> it's certainly, uh, it's kind of funny because the sort of, I, you know, I call it the psychological contract that an organization has with a person. And it's sort of like this employee versus employer relationship versus an organization and a person kind of relationship. And no doubt 2023 is, is shifting that. I, the point I was going to make is ties to something that Grace said really early on is uh, around parenting is you look in the rearview mirror with rose colored glasses in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, your 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 memories, uh, you the glory days are because you kind of you, you deliberately kind of forget about or bury like the bad stuff unless you like deliberately like spend time to go and unpack it. And so you sort of forget all of that. It's like my my kids love that we went to Disney World because they remember all of the good experiences. But like going to Disney World is a grind, <laughs> man. Like nobody sleeps. Everybody's like, you know, a total disaster. And it's like, wait a minute, you guys all want to go back and do it. Oh, it was so fun. It was amazing. It was like you hated like most of it. <laughs> it's like it was the best ever. <laughs> Take me back to Disney World right now, Dad. And it's like, do you remember how much you complain <laughs> because I so do. <laughs> so all, all I say, you know, looking backwards, it's kind of, uh, you know, it could be a, a temptation to, to forget about the, the scar tissue and kind of the battle to kind of get where you're at. But at the same time, to maintain the optimism that there, you have every bit of control in shaping who you want to be. And like yeah. right now is the best time to do it. And like, for people that have done that, that have moved and like had different experiences and kind of moved along, like they appreciate that. But there's like a, until, until someone has left a, a company or, you know, gone and done something different, like they, they don't, they don't see sort of the, the fact that there's a, you know, a life after a particular you yeah. know, experience. Well, and like the scar tissue, identity the scar tissue is so important. I mean, like, I don't think any of us would be where we are. You know, you mentioned you're a lot kinder human from your perspective today than you felt like you were previously and the scar tissue allowed for that. I mean, Scott, like you've had an incredibly beautiful, wild journey and the scar tissue has, you said, <laughs> reshaped your entire humanity. I think I'm on that path where I'm starting to appreciate the scar tissue more, but the spirit of just honesty, like I'm still on that path, you know, I'm not there yet. And I, I think it's good that I'm finally recognizing from the lens of photos over this past week, how like, Oh, life's pretty freaking beautiful. Like, it's just all about your perspective and your point of view. They don't and, always um, have to control the lens through which other yeah. people see it. You know? And, and, and I, I think you said something so important. Sky's taught me this throughout our life together. Cause I've always had like the blind faith life is serendipity kind of mindset cannonball in and what happens happens, um, which is not always, you know, maybe the best, but I don't know. I've seen this, like, this God being whatever your faith or philosophical view is like kind of guide even in like that type of approach. But I've also found planning um, this beautiful thing called planning can be highly effective and you avoid a lot of haste, <laughs> a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. Um, and I, as much as I love the chaotic ambiguity of life, there's something nice about clarity. It can be really powerful and planning does produce clarity 
I mean, like Sky and I were going on our journey to be debt free, which we've been for a few years now. You know, we had to plan to do that. That didn't just happen <laughs> serendipitously. I'm not a trust fund baby who just like could all of a sudden be debt free. Like it was a it was a journey and an intentional commitment, small steps leading to giant leaps and still on that journey. Like congratulations. Yeah, thank you. That's amazing. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we're about year three in and now we're going for financial independence. We're about nine years from that, um, which we're super excited and then about. Travel, travel, travel. Yeah, which we do now. Um, we probably should do a little Love less of. We should probably, <laughs> we should, yeah, we could probably get there in five years if we would be a little more. It's hard to record podcast episodes when Brad's gone. Yeah, it, it is. And we're also really fortunate that we're in a position where we can get to financial independence. You know, we And I think there's a lot of gratitude that comes with that. We recognize not everyone has those same opportunities. I mean, when I first started out in my career, that never would have been possible. Um, it's been a lot of serendipitous moments that have led to that, which is cool. But I think from all that perspective, what I find interesting about this conversation and what you were sharing a moment ago, Scott, you as well, is like kind of like being being joyful about the fact that the imperfections of life are really how we are where we are. And if it wasn't for those, like like you said earlier, we wouldn't be here. And so it's like you can't have one without the other almost. And again, going back to stoicism, the obstacle is the way. And without the obstacles, you don't get to a moment where you're getting to co-host a podcast with one of your dearest friends and have lovely humans like Grace on. Like that doesn't happen. It's, it's not possible. Your friendship is so cute. Oh, <laughs> well, it's probably a good trick. Grace is probably like wondering, like, how long does my this watch go is for? broken? Because it's uh, it's, it's it five cannot, o'clock. <laughs> I know my watch is is showing five o one. That's yeah. not possible. It is. It is. Yeah, we've. Uh, this has been amazing. I mean, uh, we sort of warned you, like sometimes this can be like untethered. We um, weren't even and- drinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been a lovely conversation. I mean, Grace, thanks. You, just thank you for coming and spending some time with us. Thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun. So we like to end every episode with a question. We do. Um, so, and we always, and we always don't ever warn the guest before. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we don't even know what, we have no idea what the question is. It's not a question be. for the guest. We get to come up with it collectively, but yeah. every episode has a question to the audience to sort of consider based on the conversation. Yeah. So as we're rifting, what's the question? I'd love to leave the audience with. Yeah. Sort of, um, the infinite question. Brad's way better at this than I am. I mean, I, I feel like we talked about being present in the past because mm. um, that's a, such an important feature. But it's sort of like, like what are, because one of the questions we had was, what are the sounds you're not hearing? Yeah, that and, was a good one. And uh, that was a really so that good was one. Great. So that's, that's, it's like a twist on like uh, stop and smell the roses kind mm. of thing, you know? So like being more deliberate, like paying attention, like what are some of the things that you could be doing to sort of like draw you back to the present? Um, And so it's kind of like, I don't know, like what's keeping you from living your best life? You know, like what's, what's in the way? That's good. What's a barrier? Yeah. Like like identify a barrier. Like if the obstacle is the way, I don't know what the obstacle is. Defining the obstacles almost, which I think would make you dislike the obstacles less yeah. like they could go from less than awesome to like just be honest about awesome like what the obstacles are hmm. yeah Grace? i'm gonna go one step further okay please what is your best life what's your definition for Whoa. best life? Mm-hmm. define best life mm-hmm. okay spend the time plan it out see that's really interesting one of sky and i's mottos is and so together we build the life that we love and we see we as sky me and god 
and like this kind of like journey of like the universe together with us rather than us like on our own accord. And so like, I, I love the like, what is your best life? And then maybe to that too, kind of what you were saying also, Scott, like how do you build the life that you love? And why build a life that you love? Like, why does that even matter? Okay, we have three beautiful questions. That's the most we've ever had in one episode. Yeah, this is great. Awesome. Wow. Boom. 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 Thank you for listening. Join Brad and Scott next time on the Curiosity Podcast. Curiosity Podcast.